Heavenly Father, we ask you to accomplish the purpose for which you send your word today. Your word is powerful. Lord, what we are not make us, what we know not teach us, what we have not give us in this for the sake of Christ. Lord, use the best of this preacher so that we can see the best of you. It's about your kingdom, your glory, your will. Let that all happen right now in these moments. Amen. Dear friends, I wanted to tell you the story of Tyler Sexton. Tyler Sexton's parents are Lisa and Kevin, and they were a young couple who early on in marriage, when they were about 22, 23, were getting ready for a child, but they felt woefully prepared. Not only were they feeling woefully prepared, but this Tyler, child, Tyler was born at 28 weeks. From there, they knew life would be different. From there, they knew they would not have a normal childhood with their son, Tyler, with a white picket fence and all the expectations of young parents with a first child. Their dreams were dashed as far as normalcy were concerned. Because life was different, Lisa tells a story of how they were at an Easter egg hunt at a local park. And Lisa didn't want to go, but she was coerced by everyone else to go to this Easter egg hunt. Now, Tyler at that time was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy and, and, and was told from the waist down he should not expect to walk. He would always be in a wheelchair. He could not do what other kids did with his legs and run around. So at this Easter egg hunt, she already had tears in her eyes expecting that Tyler wouldn't get any other eggs. And so it starts. And she's all the other children running around and gathering those Easter eggs. Tyler crawling along after that. She goes up to her child and holding back the tears, ready to apologize to Tyler. Sorry, honey, that we didn't get any Easter eggs. But to her surprise, Tyler's basket was filled. See, Tyler had been catching all of the other eggs that, that the kids were dropping in their excitement. Tyler made a way to fill up his basket with what everyone else had either run past or dropped along the way. Tyler's basket was filled that Easter. And it was at that moment that Lisa had a different way of thinking about her son. She had this in reflection to say. She said, at that moment, God said to me, hand him over to me. Trust in me. And his basket will always be filled with blessing. She thought about it a little bit differently, and their whole family did. In fact, from that moment, their whole family looked at his cerebral palsy, not as a handicap, but merely as a condition. And they trusted in the Lord and set the bar high. Now, they had been told he could never expect to walk. But they didn't believe that. After 16 surgeries and sometimes a, a body cast of the waist down, Tyler was actually able to walk. He didn't look like all the other kids, but he could do it. Tyler kept setting the bar high in life. And he had a dream of becoming a medical doctor. And so he went on and he graduated from high school and he graduated from college. Then he applied to medical schools. Twenty-five American medical schools turned him down. And one of them actually bluntly said, no one is going to want a physician who has a disability. Please stop. Tyler thought about it differently. For Tyler, he thought that his cerebral palsy was actually his greatest strength at becoming a doctor. That he could deal with kids and he could deal with patients and give them hope saying, if you're going through something, look what I have gotten through. He thought about it differently. 
You might know the story, how it ends, or guess where I'm leading. Tyler today is a medical doctor. He is a pediatrician giving hope to many little kids going through their own sicknesses of what God can do as we keep our hopes in him. If you're interested in this story, there's a, a book called God Bless These Little Legs. There was Tyler, age three, the one told never he could walk. And I don't know about you, but when I hear these stories of incredible people and what they did with trust in the Lord, I have this to say. I'm not sure I could ever do that. <laughs> I'm not sure I could ever get through that the way they got through that. I'm not sure I would have kept the dream so high or, or kept going and setting the bar so high. I'm not sure I could do it. But the truth is, that might not be my situation, but how many of us are going to get through life in this broken world without a tragedy, without some kind of pain? How many of us are going to get through this life unscathed without any sadness or any bad problems? Anyone? The answer is no, isn't it? And so our stories might be different, but we all will have stuff to go through. In fact, the old gospel preacher said that you either got through a storm, you're either in a storm, or you're facing a storm. That is our existence here on this life. And for many of us, we might be fearful. We might be wondering, well, what if that happens to my child? What if that happens to my parent? What if that happens at my job or whatever? And we are struck by all these fears and uncertainties through life. But we're in this series called Treatment in the second week. And I believe God can not only get us through the worst of circumstances, He can get us through with hope and peace. He can get us through to be stronger on the other side. And that's what we want to talk about. Yes, we're in the second week of our, our series on treatment. If you want to catch up online, you can. Um, last week, we focused on spiritual training. That was all about the Bible. Um, we said to read your Bible for 10 minutes, um, 30 days. So, so again, 10 minutes a day for 30 days. Um, I'm not going to have a show of hands who did that. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, if you didn't do it, though, start now. Uh, you're forgiven. That's how grace works. We have setbacks, you're forgiven, and then you try again. That, that's how this thing works. Imperfect progress, imperfect progress. We also had the opportunity uh, to bring our Bibles. Raise your Bibles if you got them today. Raise your Bibles. You can show your pretty covers to those around you. Um, and, and it's great to have a Bible. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry. You're still on the same team. You can use your worship folder today. But we're going to get in the habit of using our Bibles. Last week we talked about what if we used our Bibles like our cell phones. Uh, so again, um, go up, catch up last week if you weren't here. But today we are going to focus on the next area of health, which is emotional health. And our emotional health has so much to do with what goes on inside of here. What goes on inside of our head, between the ears, so to speak. And the reason I brought up their story is because they gave us kind of a path. They gave, gave us kind of a test of what to do when problems come our way. You know, I told you that their dream was crushed at the beginning of a normal childhood. Lisa renewed her mind and she had this to say in reflection. Look at this, what she had to say about her dream. She said, I didn't dream big enough. With a white picket fence in a normal childhood, I didn't dream big enough. Rather, she used a God lens. If I would have gotten that life, I would have missed out on the greatest gifts in my life. Having a special needs kid made me have a servant's heart. She interpreted the event in her life through a God lens. She used what God was doing to help her get through with strength, with peace, and with hope. And that's what we want to talk about. 
to renew our minds and to take every thought captive. And so with that, let's turn to the Word of God. Let's turn to the Word. If you have your Bibles, we're in the book of 2 Corinthians, um, which uh, sure enough is after the book of 1 Corinthians um, in the New Testament, um, as you would have. And um, we're in chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. I have the NIV 84, which is better by far. So it might be different than the worship folder here today. Um, I'm going to read from that today. Verse 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. We're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about wrestling our thoughts to the ground and not believing anything our God has not told us, and not being stuck in stinking thinking that does not help, is not beneficial, and is going nowhere. That's our goal for today. And so let's uncover the truth found here. Any of you like strategy? I like uh, watching, um, sometimes there's war movies about strategies of how one enemy went against another enemy. And there are games that involve strategy. In fact, any games that you play that involve strategy, anyone want to participate tell me a game that involves strategy? Battleship, very good. Yeah, I like it. You have to pick the certain place and figure out where you've been and where, how long the ship might be. Very good. Poker, you have a poker face. You have to work on the bluff, things like that. Um, how many are, are video gamers in the house of God today? It's all right. Video gamers, can I have some support. All right, not too many. If you permit me a little reprieve from seriousness, I have brought what is a, a famous video game now in the Bloomer household. Uh, for Christmas, we got a Wii, and with the Wii came Skylanders. Skyland anyone here of Skylanders? All right, very good, very good. And uh, because of Skylanders, uh, playtime with my girls is at an all-time high. <laughs> and that is sad, I know. But I like video games. And we have strategy when it comes to Skylanders. See, Bella will control the character, and she'll move him around. And I will attack, so I just press the attack button. It's simple, but I'm good at it. And then Nadia, she will change the character that we need from the portal. And we use this, uh, it's called Cinder. Cinder is our agile dragon if we ever need to jump or get around, and so Cinder comes. But if we ever have an enemy to fight, we use uh, Tree Rex, be afraid of the bark. You know, and uh, it's, it's pretty awesome, and he just attacks and it's it's great um, Skylanders and strategy and all that good stuff well today we're talking not about a game but look back at verse 3 what does verse 3 say that we are in the midst of it says in verse 3 we live in the world but we do not wage what war war you can underline that if you have your Bibles war now, games are child's play, right? Anyone can play a game, you don't lose much. You just turn it off when you're frustrated, right? But war is serious. War is consequences. War is a matter of life and death. It's serious stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit about strategies. We're going to talk about the enemy's strategy, our strategy against him. Now, if you read the context of the Bible, who knows who our enemy is based on the context of the Bible? The devil, very good. And there is an animal the devil is compared to, not a serpent, but in the New Testament, that animal he's compared to is a lion. 
Very good. A lion. Now, the imagery there and the point of comparison is not that he's hairy like a lion. It's not that he's stately like a lion. It's not that he's a pretty kitty like a lion. The, the point of comparison that the enemy of the devil is a lion is that he wants to devour you. He wants to tear you apart. The lion wants to use his strength to just uh, destroy. He, he's not your friend. Now, we go on and we read, it says, we don't wage war as the world does, in verse 3, or have weapons of the world. Now, literally, that means we don't wage war when it comes to this physical world. Literally, it means it's not according to the flesh or the material things. And so it's the invisible. And so what does the devil use in the invisible world, and where is he active? Well, I would submit to you this, that your mind is where he's roaming around that line. Your mind is where he wants to get you. Your thought process. And what are the weapons of the devil? He is called the father of lies. He wants to use half-truths or just straight-out lies to get you down and to get you stuck. You know, a Christian that I, I greatly respect has, has called the devil this, an unrelenting mental terrorist. I might have used this before. But he's unrelenting because even today, you will go out and he will try to focus and romp around in your mind. He's mental. He's working again in the invisible sphere with his lies. And he is a terrorist. Understand that. He wants to scare you. He wants to unsettle you. He wants to create doubt in your mind. This is your enemy the devil. And let me explain a little bit more about how his strategy works. I have um, my object lesson here. We all have events in our life, don't we? And the devil works in cahoots or in tandem with our own sinful nature. He will suggest things, our own sinful nature will give liberty to what he's suggesting. And so let's say that our child, and this never happens, I know we have perfect kids here, only perfect kids in church, right? Well, let's say our child on the rare instance acts up, is naughty at the grocery store, even gets a note sent home from, uh, from school. And we might be stuck, and our mind goes to this, I'm a bad parent. You know, it's something that I've done wrong. I have failed my child. I'm, I'm on the wrong track. I'm just a bad mom or dad. We can do more. Let's say um, we didn't make the team. We, we didn't get the date. They, they didn't say yes. We didn't get the job. We might be stuck thinking, well, I'm, I'm just a reject. Some more. We might think about the future. We might have so many stresses in the day. We might be so overloaded, so busy, so many legitimate concerns, whether it be about health or finances or relationships, and we look at the future and we say, I won't make it. It isn't going to work out. We may have failed at some things. Maybe it was a presentation you wanted to go well and didn't. Maybe it was a test you didn't pass. We might say, I can't do it. Or maybe I am a failure. The devil specializes in guilt. He will try to hold over you your past. He will try to hold over you all the things that you did wrong. And he will get you through a whole day when you know you've done something wrong. Your conscience is informing you, saying, I, I can't be forgiven. Not today. And I won't feel that way. One final one. Maybe we'll go through life and, and people will let us down. Maybe we'll have people that, that we need to talk to and they don't talk to us. They, they're, they're not there when we need them. Maybe we'll experience a tragedy in life 
And even think that, that, that God is treating us finally as we deserve. And we might think, well, nobody really loves me. And here's what happens, dear friends. <clears throat> we go through the day and we stay our whole day. Some of you it's hours. Some of you it's a week. Some of you it's a month behind this wall. And we never come out. You and I are stuck with this stinking thinking, well, I'm just a bad mom or dad. I won't make it. It's not going to work out. I don't have power to get through it. And this is us going through life at times. This is his strategy to keep us from peace and hope. Too often we let our own minds give over to the credence of these ideas. Too often we give in to these lies. But dear friends, <clears throat> Are we here because we're defeated? Are we here because he didn't win the war? I'm here to tell you we have victory over our enemy and his strategies. You see, we have Jesus Christ. And I love this passage that I was reading from Colossians. Consider this passage. It said, having disarmed, and this is Jesus, the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. He pointed out all their flaws. He, he won the day, and he triumphed them over them by the cross. See, the lion might try to rip us apart, but we have the Lamb of God who has power over him. And I know that analogy doesn't work in the zoo, a lamb conquering a lion, but it works in our spirit. The Lamb of God crushed that devil through the cross, and we have peace. And so you get out your prescription card, and what you need to know you look at that first point, is that our God has power over the line. You and I don't have to live in fear of that enemy, though he exists. He was crushed on the cross. He was defeated when God said, it is finished. He was defeated when he rose from the dead and gave us life and hope. The Lamb of God has power over that line. And this is the good news. But the God who's won that eternal victory can make victory possible day to day. And that's what we're talking about. And so we want to talk about our own strategy now. We've learned the enemy. He's going to use lies to get us down and get us trapped behind a wall of lies. We need a new strategy. I want to share with you my confirmation verse. This was given to me and this is the strategy against the evil one. Confirmation verse came from the book of John. It says, if you hold my teachings, then you will really my disciples then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you... Exactly. It is the truth that sets us free. It's God's Word. Martin Luther wrote a great song all about God winning the day in a mighty fortress, and he would say about the truth, there is one little word that can fell him. And so let's talk about a four-step process in our life to help us combat the devil's strategy. Let's look at the next point. The next is this process that first there will be events in our lives. Some of them that we control, a lot of them that we don't control. Things happen. A lot of things we didn't choose. Next is our emotions. And, and, and these kind of go hand in hand. Some of us who are in a funk, some of us who are down, when we're in that funk, when we are down, we need to pause. And we need to ask the question, how am I feeling? And why am I feeling this way? Now if you're a guy, you're way below par on this already, okay? You don't have these skills. You're going to need to really pause, take time, maybe even write it down. You know, we're in general not that in tune with ourselves, okay? But we want to do that. We want to understand that. 
How am I feeling? If I'm sad, write it out. I'm feeling sad, and this is why. If I'm angry, I, I say, I'm angry, and this is why. If I'm anxious, I'm anxious, and this is why. Write it out and see how you got there, okay? But the fourth step is the most important. The fourth step is this, to tie that emotion to the promise of God. And that's what we're talking about. You see, we have this wall. But you know what we can do equipped with the Word of God? Remember the Kool-Aid man? What he did with the wall? Let's bring up Kool-Aid man. And so I got this wall and I just say, oh yeah! Boom! And that's what I do, devil. You can't keep me locked behind there. I'm not going to spend my day and my time in the office with stinking thinking because I got power over it. And, and let me start. I got, I got, I'm not useless. God says I'm part of a body. And he made me on purpose, equipped me for good works. I'm not a reject. Do you know he knows my name and he chose me before the creation of the world? That's what First Thessalonians says. What do I got here? I can't be forgiven. Are you kidding me? I will not let guilt reign over me when there is a Savior who came into the world and a promise that says that as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed your sin from you, every sin, no matter what the sin is paid for. What else is this? I'm a bad parent. Come on. Um, are we going to fail as parents? All the time. I'll do it daily. I told you Skylanders is my best playing time. That's sad, right? I'm going to be an imperfect parent. But am I going to be forgiven? You got it. And I'm going to have children who fail? Of course. And are they going to be forgiven? Of course. And if I am just walking with the Lord, if I fear the Lord, and if I train Him in the Lord, God says I can even be praised for that. I can be a praiseworthy mom or dad because I fear the Lord, and I'm teaching my children to fear Him too. What else do I got? God all day, I'm a failure? Are you kidding me? I got competency through Christ. And I got the one who strengthens me and uses me for purpose. I'm not a failure. Uh-uh, that's not what he says. What else? Oh, this one. Oh, this. The future. I hate the future, right? The devil gets me all wound up about the future. It's not going to work out. I won't make it. That's not what Jeremiah said. See, Prophet Jeremiah said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to hurt you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I'm not going to just worry about the future. That's a waste of time. No one really loves me. This one, too, that's the height of ridiculousness. There is no one who loves you like your God. And in Psalm 103, it says, For as high as the heavens are above that earth, so great is his love. He wants to quantify how much he loves you. He wants you to never forget that he gave his son. And the one who spared his own son, how much more will he give us everything that we need? He will not spare to be good to us. I have no one I can count on. How about the maker of heaven and earth? He's my helper. He's got almighty power. I'm, I'm not going to be let down by the maker of heaven and earth. And finally, the last one. I can't do it. What are you talking about? I can do everything through his strength. We go back to that. Last, last week, we focused on that prescription. You know, on my own strength, yeah, I can't do it. But when he's working through me, when the Almighty has control of me, there is nothing that can hold me back that I cannot do for His glory and His purpose. This is the path past the devil's lies. And this is how we break through. But I tell you, it has to be frequent because he's going to be frequent. We have to go back regularly because that's how regular the devil will get us to lie. So next prescription. 
Let's look at this. On the back of your prescription card are the promises of God. I want you to make it your goal to either know where they are or to memorize them. To memorize these promises. I tried to give you some good ones. Now you can take mine, but if you're reading your Bibles, another thing you can do, make your own promise card. Use your Bibles to get your own promises. If you don't like these, you won't offend me. Get your own promises in there that speaks to your life. Back on the info table, there's another promise sheet of, of, of things that speaks to the topic that you're covering with. You can go to the Christian bookstore and you can get a promise book for about 99 cents that talks about the promises God has for us. Because what if we established a new routine for how we dealt with stuff? What if in our day-to-day -day at this place or in our homes or at school, that whatever we were going through, we asked a different question. That with whatever we are going through, we asked each other, what passage are you going back to? What promise is getting you through this? As we learned and listened and empathized, we didn't just stay there, but we said, what hope have you found through our Lord? What passage is it that's ruminating in your mind? That's a great strategy, my friends your day to day and it can work and it can change your life and you don't have to be stuck behind the wall that Satan created for you. You got to go back to his promises. You know there's a great illustration that I grew up hearing is of a Native American man who said that inwardly it felt like there were two dogs fighting. And inwardly um, there was a good dog and there was a bad dog just raging inside of him. And someone asked the question, well, what dog wins? Does anyone know his answer? Has anyone heard this? Please. The one you feed the most. The one you feed. And dear friends, we're free to think of a lot of different things, aren't we? And we have the gift of discernment. But aren't we going to rather fill our minds with whatever is lovely and praiseworthy and excellent? Isn't it better by far to think on the noble and the admirable and the pure? Can't we fill our minds with God's own word and let that win the day? You know, I practice what I preach. Um, these past couple weeks, uh, I'm doing something new with Bible study. I'm just ruminating. And so I'll read a portion, but then I'll also ruminate. And does anyone, uh, the picture of rumination, I know that's kind of a big word, is, um, is of a cow. A cow that will chew the cud is ruminating. A cow that just chews over the same food, which is disgusting, by the way. Um, I'm glad I don't do that. Well, anyway, that's, that's, what, that's what rumination is all about. It's rolling over and over and over um, the same kind of things. And, and for me, the one I'm going back to is Psalm 121. I was going to test if I can uh, share it with you and just in my own rumination to get the goal that we can memorize passages together and you can tell me your so, so here I'm going to go. I lift up my eyes to the hills. I'm ruminating. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can get to verse 2, Dustin. Um, uh, the Lord, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, the one watching over you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over your life. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. My help is the maker of heaven and earth.
who five times, it says, watches over me in any and every situation, who won't even sleep because that's the one who's got my back, because that's the one working in my life. And as I ruminate on that, man, is there power there. That's your goal too. I'll be happy to hear what's ruminating in your mind. You can tell me what promise are you going back to? What passage got you through it? It's a great game plan for our heads. As we close, Charles Swindoll said this. He said, life is 10% what happens to me, and it is 90% what, how I react to it. We're not going to be able to control all those things that happen, but maybe we can take more control of how we react to what's going on. That's what the Sexton family did. They saw cerebral palsy not as a handicap, but as a condition. Tyler saw not as a weakness that he had cerebral palsy, but as great strength. Dear friends, you too can handle any situation with hope as you know the truth and have the truth set you free. Let's pray and let's ask God to, to bless us as we continue to do this. We pray. Dear Jesus, I need you to empower me to put into practice what I've heard. Help me to understand my emotions and set me free as I cling to your promises. Thank you for defeating all my enemies, uh, the, this world, uh, my thoughts, and the devil through the cross. Help me daily to overcome the devil in my thoughts. Let your promises and your word and your love reign in me. Fill me with the peace that only you can give, and thank you for the victory of Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to please stand.